Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind podcast. I'm Conrad Olsson and I'm sitting here with my friend and colleague Fredrik Ekström, editor-at-large for sustainability and branding at Scandinavian Mind. How are you, Fredrik? I'm fine, thank you, Conrad. Very good to have you here. Today, we're going to listen to one of the panels from the Transformation Conference that was held a few weeks back here in Stockholm. It was the, the first major event from Scandinavian Mind and uh, kind of like the launch event for, for our whole platform and for our first issue of Scandinavian Mind. And the panel we're going to listen to today was in relation to a report that we just released called The New Sustainable Consumer, which you are the author of, Frederick. And... Um, in the previous episode of the podcast, we listened to our kind of like an audio version of the mm-hmm. report. So anyone who's interested can uh, download the report uh, from our website, uh, also listen to your keynote and now the audio version. So there are, I think we've exhausted all the multiple ways we can uh, uh, communicate this report. Um, yes. And if you want more information, just give me a call and I can read it again. <laughs> A special, uh, a special uh, nighttime read through of the yeah. report by Felix Extra. Maybe yeah. that's an it's an audiobook version. Yeah, uh, a private live uh, audiobook. Perhaps a kids <laughs> version as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Anyways, this was uh, you know uh, it was such a tentpole event f- for us at Scandinavian Mind to do this mm-hmm. conference, and and I was so happy to be able to do it. And uh, this panel was uh, you know one of the most important ones as it relates to sustainability and, and the way forward. And the panelists we had on was uh, Jessica Sederberg-Vodmar uh, from Gantt. She's a global sustainability director. We have Johan Grafner, the founder of uh, the dedicated brand, and uh, Dorothea Sara Spehar, the founder of, of DS Agency. And uh, so this was one of the panels that we actually did via Zoom. So they they uh, sort of zoomed in from from different locations. Uh, perhaps we could just walk through a little bit why we chose this group of people because they all represent various uh, parts of the mm. industry of, of sorts. I think the panel was very interesting because you have um, a founder of an independent brand, a big uh, global sustainability manager, mm. and one that is uh, has her own agency but work with auditing and... and mm. uh, and helping brands and corporations to do good. Mm. So they all um, came with different perspectives to the panel. And they all bring, they bring their point of view, uh, different kind of consumer touch points, consumer um, insights that they have. Mm. And we see that now when um, people's values are getting more entangled in their consumption behavior, is getting more interesting for to get the brand's perspective of how this is working. And these three represent uh, change makers from different parts of the industry. Mm. So do you remember some of, some of the, the, the key takeaways from the panel? Uh, you know, obviously Jessica works at this, you know, big... Uh, global brand. You one, I guess, is more of an activist brand. He is. Mm. It could be quite uh, spicy when he talks about this subject. Um, uh, could you tell there were different perspectives uh, in the panel? It was, and and I think they all brought that um, pretty straightforward from where they where they come from. I mm. mean, of course, you one came 
and talked about how they think that climate activism is here to stay mm. and how it's driven by uh, values that they like to support as a brand and how it's important for a brand to take those steps. And this goes also back to the report to where we talk about the purpose and how this is, is getting stronger. And Jessica brought up a very good insights about the different stages in the sustainability readiness curve, how the segments of the consumers, the values, the segments are there, but now during the crisis, the values are, are changing a little bit in them and how they get exaggerated. Mm. And Dorothy came in with um, very good insights about how this is going in the, in the entire circle for the brands. The, through the entire um, consumer journey of it. So we did this conference in collaboration with uh, Nordic Talks, uh, the, the Nordic Council of Ministries. Uh, I'm very proud of, of, of that collaboration. Uh, from a sort of Nordic perspective, uh, uh, where do you see us, us standing when it comes to this, this issue? I mean... Um, it's driven by, these issues are driven by the Nordic or Scandinavian uh, uh, countries, mm. or uh, actually countries around the Baltic Sea or Northern Europe. But with, um, you had um, the, the Global Sustainability Competitive Index that came out uh, a few days ago, right. where you see Sweden is ranked number one, followed by other Nordic countries, mm. and then followed by uh, countries around uh, the Baltic Sea. So from our Nordic point of view, this is something, something that we take for as, uh, as a truth. We say that this is happening. This is what, what's, uh, what we are progressively being innovative around solving these issues and problems. And um, But what we... Uh, what we shouldn't forget is that in some eyes around the world, we are also a very extremist region. Around the world, they maybe haven't come as far as being progressive in, the, in this transformation. It's moving and it's happening, but it's, it's still in a lot of countries. It could be a debate if this is as uh, important uh, as we think it is. So I think the Nordic countries and the Nordic brands and the Nordic consumers have a very important part to play at this moment to show what's going on and to drive this innovation and, and transformation. Mm. We're going we're gonna to get into the panel in a moment. But before we do, I just want to thank the uh, Helio co-working space to, uh, for hosting us in this wonderful podcast studio that we're recording this little pre-talk from. Also, if you are interested in these issues, please sign up to our newsletter on ScandinavianMind.com to get um, uh, early access to more content and invites to our upcoming events. Uh, and, and don't forget to download the new Sustainable Consumer Report from, from ScandinavianMind.com. So here now, the new Sustainable Consumer Panel from the Transformation Conference by Scandinavian Mind. Enjoy. Thank you.
these values are becoming more vital in their shopping habits. Consumers are more environmentally and socially conscious, turning to brands and retailers that not only talk about responsibility, but also demonstrate how they actually do it. The decisions we make now have the power to transform brands long after the influence of the pandemic. One key action is to integrate sustainability within all business functions and find new opportunities to create value for the consumer, employees and investors. So I'm happy to have uh, with me here today three change makers telling us about how they transforming the industry and why this is a collaborative journey without an end goal. And a quick introduction is we have Jessica Sederberg Woodmar, Global Sustainability Director at Gantt. She joined Gantt in 2015 and is currently uh, the Global Sustainability Director. She leads the sustainability departments and is responsible for Gantt sustainability strategies and execution, ensuring Gantt is meeting the targets throughout the organization. Uh, Jessica is also an award-winning and experienced public speaker. Uh, you've given more than 600 lectures. Um, aside from working at Gantt, she's also an author. I love your book, by the way. Uh, she's been writing three books, all treating sustainability from different angles. And we also have Johan Grafner with us here today, the founder of the sustainable casual wear brand Dedicated. Johan Grafner is a skateboarder, as I, uh, but he turned fashion entrepreneur and have developed his own brand since uh, 1996. Um, he came home from graduate, after graduation at the European Business School and returned to Stockholm to develop his wholesale business, Blamo. Then he launched Shippo Footwear in 2015 uh, and T-shirt store in 2006. And then in 2012, transformed that into the eco-fashion brand, Dedicated. So Johan is very engaged in the sustainable, sustainable development within textiles, and he's also a well-needed voice against prevalent greenwashing, uh, a bit of an activist. For the past 15 years, Johan has focused on spreading awareness and showing a responsible and profitable way forward for the industry. And with us from Berlin, we have Dorothy Sara. Spihar, is that how I pronounce it? I think that is correct. absolutely correct. Yeah, great to have you here. You're the founder of Project DS Agency. Uh, Dorothy is a textile certification auditor using her knowledge within sustainability to function as a link between technical knowledge and creative methods. Her project, DS Agency, is a supply chain transparency and sustainability culture bureau focusing on consulting and educational strategies. Among her services are sustainability assessments, compliance topics, conscious storytelling, and customized workshops for textile producers, fashion houses, and retail shops to enhance a connected sustainability journey. First, I would like to open um, uh, the panel with, um, with an open question. So whoever wants to go first on this one, just raise your hand. Uh, was it something that you found extra interesting from the report? You also got the written one, right? And is there something you would like to share um, as your point of view or on anything? 
raise a hand who's want to go first. Jessica. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you, Frederick, and thank you, Scandinavian Mind, for having this conference. It's a really good platform for all of us. And I think that the, the report that you have done is super interesting because it contains a lot of facts and information and numbers, which I think is a key thing when it comes to sustainability. And of course, knowing your consumers is also super important. Me, who has been working for this for more than 30 years, I've seen quite a lot of those kind of where you put the consumers into different stages. And I think that what has changed over this period of time that I work with sustainability is that you can see that the mindset and the both the values and the perceptions has changed within these different categories of consumers. So even if the doers have always been doers, they now have a different change. They have been like even pushed more further to like being dedicated and so on. So I think that that is also what you can see when you compare over the years. So I, I find this report very useful and also super interesting from that point of view. Glad to hear very good points about the values as well. It's good. So, so Dorothy, yes. So um, again, also thank you for hosting this conference. I think it's an amazing format and a really, really relevant platform and uh, acknowledge exchange basically to do so. Um, what I really enjoyed about your report was actually already just said in the introduction of the report, like there is no going back to normal. This is not going to bounce back, you know, whatever we as a society, as a world, as an industry kind of, you know, face during 2020 is going to stick with us for a long while. And this in combination with how you in the report during the whole like, like drawing up these different kind of consumer personas always jumped back to the point, this is how brands should act now. It's not only about building a capitalist venture anymore it is about connecting values and community so with this combined with it's not going back to normal and brands have to you know adapt a little bit to that what consumers really want that i found really interesting and i believe you you mentioned or you had one sentence that was a little bit in the terms of like a change that a lot of like leaders still deny and that is so interesting because it's so evident for, let's say, us in this particular <laughs> bubble. But there's so many people just saying that's still a trend, you know, sustainability will go away. So I think that is something that I really liked how you connected that in the report. Thank you. Joan, do you have any? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, um, one interesting takeaway is uh, uh, looking at the age demographics, how it uh, varies in terms of uh, general awareness of our uh, main problems being uh, the climate crisis and the sixth uh, mass extinction event that we're in. And uh, these uh, Generation Y and to generation, generation C to some extent have grown up with this mm. huge dissonance uh, between uh, what's reporting, uh, reporting on what's needed to be done and what's actually being done. It's something that where Greta Thunberg hits it squarely, you know, mm. the nail on his head if I pointed this out and uh, so uh, there we can also see how this generation is kind of uh, teaching older generations uh, uh, about this dissonance and the problems and the, the very need for uh, effective active action and uh, uh, an honest approach that is uh, science-based. Thank you. Yeah. 
So yes, that, that's a, a really interesting thing that we found in, in the reports where they, you could see so obvious that the Gen Z, when they're growing up, they're taking what me the, or the, the millennials started uh, as kind of an idea of sustainability is accelerating um, a lot with, with, with the Gen Zs now, now when they're growing up. So it it that 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 looks good so i would have um another open question is that something um we mentioned in the report is also that uh when everyone is doing it i'm talking about sustainability uh sustainability is uh, uh the buzzword right now the trend word and it's um a little bit hard to see when you work with it for for a while where that you actually when you love the word um when you see that everyone is doing it everyone is getting on the train everyone is communicating it and marketing it and building up uh, uh, business strategies around it etc do you see um a challenge with that like will that help the consumer or um be, make it harder for the consumer as we call it the, the sustainability vertigo. So, yes, Dorothy. Um, I guess there is. I guess there is a lot of answers to that, basically, which depends, in my opinion, on the general attitude you have towards it. I'm not really big on canceling culture, for example. I feel, yeah, okay, H&M wants to talk about sustainability. They might not be the most sustainable brand in the world, but hey, they are reaching consumers, customers, and the target group that the people in the bubble can't reach possibly. So I think it's not necessarily something bad, but it, and it's a challenge for the people um, that work with it so heartfeltly to filter it through, you know? And it definitely creates a new momentum. It creates a new need for sustainability experts also and people who work with stuff that I work with, you know, in saying like, okay, so this is real, this is unreal. Because, I mean, let's face it, all good things in our society or a lot of good things in our society and in our business, they come with a downside, you know. We can talk about the same thing if we talk about being woke, you know, and then so it's greenwashing, it's woke washing, pink washing, et cetera, et cetera. Uh -huh. So I think it's basically about like how you navigate it and how you can like, you know, take the challenge into something positive. Anyone else want to go or yeah, yeah. Jessica? I, I definitely want to say like, I believe that we are all experts here and we're part of the leaders of this and many of the people listening in are also, but my, um, my, my research shows that not the majority of the world's companies are working with sustainability. It is still something for the leaders and the early ones that has seen that this is a business opportunity. This is a crucial thing. If you want to be a, a continue profitable and also successful brand, you want to do sustainability. But I think that there are still many out there that doesn't do this. So when we say that it's a hype and everything, mm. I believe that sustainability is a trend for that's here to stay. So that I believe, but there are still more that needs to come on board about this transformation and change that's needed. And I think that this is also one thing, like we talk about the consumers and many of us are communicating about sustainability, but we are talking about different things here. There are different nuances about this. And I think it's important that we don't just say that it's the consumers 
that need to do this. This is a joint thing where we all like both businesses, but also decision makers and politicians and, and states and governments and, and all of us needs to help out here, including the media. So this is why we can also, I see that sustainability is a platform where we all can work together because there is no competition here. This is where we can really hold hands between industries, between brands. But that also means that we need to simplify for the consumer sometimes when it's really complicated. And then you need to also to kind of do something that is like aligned. So keeping in mind third party audits and stuff like that. So that when you say that something is sustainable, you can show how it is that. So for me, I think sustainability still needs more more businesses to come on board and really do sustainability work and no one is perfect so this is where we all can never stop learning from each other uh, so i think that that is again something that i see is very good to have these platforms to work from all of us you want do you want to weigh in or yeah well even in the fashion industry which is uh, uh, fairly devastating in terms of uh, uh, climatical footprint and uh, uh, negative effect on uh, biodiversity and so on. Uh, you have a, a small niche where it's like the eco-conscious responsible brands. And uh, it, even brands like Dedicated and so on ha do have a climate footprint, although it might be half of uh, that of um, uh, conventional brands. Mm. Uh, but uh, uh, that's still, a, huge uh, leap and advantage uh, a lot of uh, new brands that now are uh, truly purpose-driven the older brands uh, that are the industry leaders uh, who have uh, the market share and so on are uh, starting to uh, improve uh, but uh, uh, i haven't seen one of them that is truly purpose-driven mm. uh, where they put uh, these questions truly at the forefront uh, some of them appear to do so, but when you look what at what they're actually producing, they're so far behind uh, uh, that it's uh, shocking. Uh, so uh, as this sector grows, uh, uh, and uh, now that uh, uh, the consumer and media are interested in the topic, uh, uh, some standards will be set on how to commu communicate your progress and what is actually progress mm. and so on. But uh, even for us brands that are producing in low uh, carbon footprint brand uh, fibers and uh, mm. uh, look at everything, we have challenges uh, and uh, there's still a long way to uh, uh, improve all the way to a net positive result. Mm. Uh, so no one has really reached that yet. So. Uh, Mm. Uh, all brands in the sector are focusing on this now, but uh, no one's no one has arrived. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's a it's a tough journey to to do, and it's uh, as you said mentioned it is uh, a bit of a purpose washing going on as well. Uh, I would like to go back to to you, Jessica, because you mentioned um, about that it is a collaborative journey. And we can't put the responsibility on the consumer uh, to make all the choices. Um, we have to make it easier for them to um, make them understand, um, engage in making in easier, better choices. 
And you um, have something you work with the, where you call the seven rules. Uh, could yeah. you explain a bit uh, how that is working and how that is um, related to helping the consumer? Yeah, and as Johan says, you have you have to start with your own business first and you need to look at the fibers and the climate and you need to look at water and you need to look at transparency and you, you need to look at all of these different areas within your company and how to change that from going doing business as usual to transforming that into doing more sustainable fibers, having climate goals and reaching them and all of those things. So when we, we put it in a plan for that and we have a strategy and we've come more than 50% on the way for that. So then we said that it's time also to engage the consumers because we know that when our products leave the store, they still have a, a, an impact even further on. So of course we need to start with quality and then you can have sustainable fibers, but then you also need to educate and train the consumers. So it's the seven rules is actually the EU waste hierarchy, but the EU <laughs> waste hierarchy is not that fun. So I think that for me, communication is super important when it comes to sustainability. So. The, the seven rules is about refresh, repair, rent, regive, um, recycle, and also remake. And within those, we then engage the consumers to have an easy access of how to do this together with us and even on other clothes that they have, because we want them to have a long like relationship with clothes and have that as a sustainable relationship with clothes. So to give those things a second, third and fourth life and how to repair them, how to not put them in the wash every time and so on. I think that that is what we see is also something that we call them curious professionals. And that has nothing to do with what kind of education you have or what kind of age you are, where you live. It's about a mindset. And I think that one of the things that I find so intriguing about sustainability is that there is always new things to learn. And the curious professionals, they always want to learn more, but that's also where you need to give them the information in a way that they feel like they can engage, not be overwhelmed and say like, hello, it, we need, like, if you don't do this, we won't get there. So it's about joining hands with the consumers. And that's why we created the seven rules. Thank you. And I want to I wanna follow this up and ask uh, Dorothy uh, uh, the next question on this, because uh, we, we moving on with, with, with the consumer perspective and you you help brands and retailers to enhance their connected sustainability journey. Yes. Um, what is that and how, how does that work? So um, I'm, first of all, I'm very much with Jessica on what she just said. It's so much about communication and it's so much about like working together in this work in progress, right? So I feel, as I said before, I'm not big on canceling culture and I feel it should be an exchange of knowledge where you as a brand have an indicate appropriately to your consumers. Not everyone is on the same level, right? Not everyone has the same mindset. Even some are more curious, some are way more, you know, established in their like personal sustainability practices when it comes to fashion and textiles. And what I do is just like, I want to see, I want to make brands see how to communicate their efforts in educating the consumer in an obvious way. 
I call it educating without educating, because the thing is you can do much, so much storytelling. You can tell so many great things about a product that is like sparking curiosity or sparking like to even dig deeper and gain more knowledge on the consumer. But if you continue and if you use sustainability and is, you know, heavy and dragging language and everything is like about long reports and technical facts, then people, they just sign out, you know? Because we have we have a fast data, we have a fast information age here. So like, even as you like, I don't know how you see that, but I'm a sustainability professional and sometimes I get bored by all the information, you know? And that is something where I see brands and consumers, producers, they need to work together on this, on like creating a transparent fundament that they then can communicate in an engaging and light way. Very good. And I want to uh, take that uh, over to uh, Johan, because I mean, I'm um, also a communication person. Uh, I totally agree with all this. Uh, the matter, the power of communicating the, the, the right way and how you can build the stories around it. But I want to get into Johan as a, um, a serial entrepreneur uh, in, the, in the fashion industry. I call you a, a self-made, self-made man. <laughs> could, you, could you tell me a little bit more about like the challenges with, with, with this? Um, because you started your brand, the T-shirt store in 2006. And then in 2012, you decided to transform that into the sustainable casual wear brand dedicated. Like what, what was your purpose mission at that time? Like how did you decide that? And, and how do you see that the engagement with your consumers have grown during the years? Yeah, well, uh, I can run down our uh, story just real quick. We started a, a franchise retail concept called T-shirt store in 2006, and uh, uh, should be the ultimate uh, T-shirt retail experience. So naturally, it had to be uh, organic cotton uh, in order to be the best. But uh, although I had worked in the fashion industry uh, 10 years prior with production and my own brands, I wasn't fully aware about the negative impact of uh, the supply chains out there. So uh, uh, as we started with God's Cotton in 2006, uh, I got very educated and uh, as a result, very passionate, passionate on, the, uh, on this topic. Uh, so uh, uh, switching to low uh, CO2 impact fibers uh, and natural fibers it's very easy, uh, much easier now than 15 years ago, uh, but uh, even then, not that difficult. Uh, and uh, uh, back then, we didn't really have marketing advantages by producing in a responsible way. Uh, we used to push on knowing it was the right thing to do. So now with the 15 years of God's production, we saved 126 tons of the fertilizers and pesticides from being spread out. So that gives us purpose uh, on, on our own. It just gives us motivation. But we saw a big shift uh, in the market in 2016, 2017. It was like a tipping point has been passed. 
So after that, both the uh, media and the uh, consumers, like the majority, were going from being mainly uh, uninterested to mainly interested. So uh, it became fruitful to uh, take that dialogue. And uh, uh, that's when the, the awareness really could speed up uh, in society. Uh, so uh, uh, we improved uh, year by year with better certifications and introduced fair trade eight years ago and uh, uh, more low impact fibers like GRS uh, uh, certified uh, synthetics and, uh, and so on. Uh, uh, the challenge is uh, always to create uh, aspirational uh, products that people are interested in using uh, for a long time. And then, uh, you know, the products needs to be engaging and uh, relatable. And uh, uh, that was our key to uh, kind of convince, uh, time back to your study, uh, to convince the echo swingers and spectators and to get people on board uh, just by uh, making sure that uh, uh, responsibly produced fashion is, uh, is cool and fun and relatable. I think that is the key lowers the hurdle uh, for people to uh, to buy responsibly i think that's uh, one word that except from sustainability brings the three of you together it's that you you all mentioned that sustainability is fun and that <laughs> that it could be profitable uh, so uh, i'm really glad to hear that and and, and um, i just realized both of you are are um, into cotton quite a lot and and how how do you how do you feel that i mean uh third party auditing we also have an auditor with us like here uh what, what's the challenges in in running a sustainable brand today in regard of auditing and and uh, and and sourcing well we are a, we are a bio-based brand, so 89% of all our fibers are, are natural. Uh, we have 79% cotton, uh, and also we use recycled materials, as, as Johan said in his... Uh, so we, we have all of those audits, and it was actually Dorothy who was the auditor when she was just an auditor, so she gave no, no, uh, no in, insights then, and that was a couple of years ago. But I would like to say, like, when you take step by step, and we've gone from, from less than 1% of the collection to 79% of the collection that now comes with sustainable fibers, meaning, like, this is where you can take a step forward, but that is also where you need to have third parties that is credible. So it's not me saying that this comes with a more sustainable fiber than the, the other fiber that we used before. So that I think is super important to, to know and to look at what kind of brand are you and where do you want to start then. So for us, of course, cotton is the main fiber that we're using. And that's why we also have a cotton staircase year by year to, to staircase different kind of fibers that can then replace the conventional cotton, which is still the most grown cotton in the world. So we staircase that out and then in with more sustainable fibers, but we don't know what the most sustainable fiber is in the future. So you can't stop at one year, you have to continue. And that's why I think it's, it's also, I think it's fun with sustainability that yeah. you need to evolve all the time. You don't stop. It's not like you're done now. We stop at 2022 because then we have taken out all the conventional fibers. No, we don't. We move on. 
Good. <laughs> yeah. Ended he ended so quickly, so I, I didn't. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just. Uh... Yeah. So so um, I think that we will um, wrap this up to get um, the conference back into the same time schedule where um, where we wanted it to be when we when we came here this morning. So I have um, an open closing question to the to the all three of you uh, that we'd like you to answer. Um, it's that with this conference, we don't only want to like make our voice heard. We also want the listeners to uh, be inspired to take their own actions. To they listen to this, they get some ideas, they go home, and they bring something with them. So could you tell something concrete from your own life that you have done to become more sustainable or take more sustainable choices? Uh, so we can pass that on to the listeners um, and they can bring that with them to make actions in their life. Yes, Dorothy, start. So um, I would say, or I have to, I have to admit, I just love fashion, you know, <laughs> like, so not buying fashion and not, you know, dressing up when there's not actually a pandemic going on is not an option for me. And the way where I try to make conscious decisions here or like push it more sustainable in a direction of sustainability is basically um, first understand what you're buying. I'm really looking into what am I buying? What material is it? Um, of course, not everyone is a sustainability expert, but it takes you 10 seconds on Google to figure out, hey, if I buy cashmere, what's actually the deal with it? Is there a nicer alternative? And then also really, I love the saying, vote with your dollar. Who do you want to support? If you buy that sweater, do you want to support this and this brand because you love it, because it's something you identify with, because you love the quality, because you love the style? Do you potentially want to support, I don't know, a brand that's small and works with artisans somewhere? Just figure out where your values lie and invest in fashion in that way, considering where you want to put your money. Invest, invest in values. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, who wanna go next? Johan or Jessica? I can take a quite obvious one, mm -hmm. just quickly. But um, as you all know, we're in the Anthropocene uh, mm -hmm. and um, we're ultimately responsible for the climate and well-being on all life of our planet. And um, when it comes to um, our CO2 footprint, food uh, represents 60% of the total footprint. And most of that is due to meat production. We actually produce food for 15 billion people, but uh, although we're half of that, we have starving people. And we have over 15 billion uh, captured <laughs> animals now ready to be slaughtered, uh, mm. uh, etc. So uh, switching to uh, uh, a plant-based diet, diet is, uh, is the key. Because uh, if you look at the full uh, carbon footprint, you know, 80% of the greenhouse gases are produced by large co companies. Mm -hmm. So some of that you can uh, change by your uh, consumption habit. But uh, for uh, uh, climate and biodiversity, uh, go plant-based. 
values and plant-based. I I want to go back to my grandmother was a dressmaker and the thing that she really taught me was that regardless of if something costs five euros or 500 euros there is a lot of effort that goes into that product there is someone has grown that material someone has been transforming that and made it into a fiber someone has designed it and then you transport that and then you sell it in a store and i who then get to buy that one or get that one needs to treat that with respect so no clothes ever on the floor. Always take care of them. Uh, take, if, if, if it's a stain, you don't need to wash everything. Really learn yourself how to take away stains. And also before you wash, go out and air, just hang it outside and air. And so really to take care of that. But of course, then I want, I'm interested in buying like clothes that has quality and comes with good fibers as well. But the key thing I want to say, send home to everyone that impacts those climate, water, biodiversity and everything is really take care of the clothes that you have. And when you are tired of it, give it to someone else because there will be someone out there that want to have that. And unless maybe you can reuse the fibers or do something. So really take care of your clothes. They are worth that. Thank you so much. And um, I want to take the opportunity to pass on what I do is that uh, something that my girlfriend doesn't uh, uh, always agree on is that I, I lowered uh, the heat when I, when I wash my clothing. So uh, when you, so instead of forty degrees, I use thirty degrees, and sometimes uh, it, it creates a conflict at home, but it lowers the impact uh, quite a lot. So um, thank you to the panel. Thank you so much for being here. I hope that everyone got uh, some great inspiration and insights with them here today, and. Um, I hope you will have continue to have a great day wherever you are. Thank you. Thank you, Bye. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Have a good day.